My, oh my, what a weekend of football we've got in store in the Pac-12. The biggest question for every Pac-12 team going into this weekend. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Lockdown Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Pac-12. Keep liking, keep commenting, keep asking questions, keep subscribing, please, wherever you listen to or watch the show. Thank you to everybody who does. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on the Underdog Fantasy app with the promo code LOCKEDON. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Dollars. I love shows like this. I absolutely love them. We have got a lineup of games that is simply fantastic. They should be competitive across the board. Then there's Washington playing Colorado, but everything else has got a single-digit point spread. It should be wonderful. Really, really wonderful. So, it's time to ask the biggest question for every single team going into the weekend. And we, of course, begin with the battle for Los Angeles. Now, I think this is going to be a great game. I do think UCLA is going to win the game, not because USC isn't good, but because I think UCLA is also a good football team. And I really do question, and I think it's fair to ask, how USC is planning to stop UCLA's rushing attack. I don't know. Maybe this is the week they put it all together. Maybe this is the week that their defense plays more like it did the first month of the season. Maybe they force three or four turnovers. Maybe they get it done. But that's the biggest question for USC, aside from this one. I think that's the most obvious one. But I think the next biggest one is the way that UCLA's offense has been stopped at times this year, specifically in the red zone. They've been going forward on fourth down. It's Chip Kelly. He rolls the dice, he gets aggressive, and he makes those sorts of aggressive calls. And in a big game like this, in a sold-out Rose Bowl stadium, yeah, he's probably going to do that again. So the question for USC is if you don't force turnovers again, if you don't have more than one in this game, can you get those third and fourth down stops? Can you get off the field? Can you get your defense to the sideline and keep UCLA's offense from scoring more points in the game? Because there should be a lot of points scored in this game. The Bruins' defense has been suspect at times. They've had some flashes where they've been really good. They also allowed 34 points to Arizona on the same field a week ago. Now they are playing a there they were playing rather an Arizona offense that is quite good. But USC is going to have the best individual player in this game on the field at any point in time, that being Caleb Williams, though UCLA probably has uh, the next best several. I mean, you have Jordan Addison, if he's going to play, uh, is in there. But DTR is Charbonnet, yeah, they're right up there near the top of the list too. So I think that's the biggest question for USC's defense is do you stop the rushing attack, but do you get off the field on fourth down? Because that's how the Bruins keep a number of drives alive. And if you do that, oftentimes it's keeping them from putting points up on the board. For UCLA, I think the biggest question undoubtedly is can they get pressure on Caleb Williams and can they contain Caleb Williams? Those are kind of the same thing, kind of not. Getting pressure you got to be able to make him uncomfortable, but then you have to contain him. And that's the hard part. That's what makes him 
such a dangerous and, and versatile and explosive college football player at the quarterback position. I'm looking at guys like Laitu Latu. I'm looking at guys like Byron and Grayson Murphy. Those three players who have been great for UCLA rushing the passer at times this year, specifically Latu, who is maybe the best all-around pass rusher in the conference. Uh, Trice up at UW is really good. <laughs> I mean, you go down the list. I'm not saying there are no other good ones, but Latu, when he beats a guy, it looks so easy. It looks really easy. But the trouble that Caleb Williams poses, I'm going to be very curious how Bill McGovern, the defensive coordinator for UCLA, rolls out his defensive line and how they want to attack Caleb Williams. Do you rush to keep him in the pocket? Do you rush to try and sack him? Do you rush to force him out of the pocket? Because I think out of the pocket is where he's been most lethal this year. I think UCLA's offense, or USC's offense rather at times this season, has had stretches where their best plays are Caleb Williams getting out of a sack and going scramble drill. And he's really good at it. And he's got a lot of good receivers. Unfortunately, doesn't have Travis Dye anymore. But that has been a really, really great play for them going off the script versus what the actual play call has been for uh, for the Trojans from, from head coach Lincoln Riley. But I think that's that's a fascinating dichotomy of you want to get pressure on him, make him uncomfortable, disrupts the rhythm, disrupts the timing, disrupts his comfort level within the offense. But if you are not disciplined in your rush lanes, and if you can't win in your rush lanes and you have to go elsewhere, that can create voids for him to extend plays, use his legs, and that's when USC becomes really, really dangerous. I am so stoked for that game. It's absolutely huge. Pac-12 college football playoff hopes on the line. If Pac-12 wants to get there, USC's got to win. They got to win each of their next three games. I think it's going to come to an end this week for for the Pac-12 because I, I do like UCLA in that game. Let's go to Utah and Oregon now, which is another big game, but feels like it has the potential to be lower stakes than we would have liked going into it. Now, it's at Autzen Stadium, so no matter who's playing quarterback for Oregon, you figure they will be playing hard and they'll be playing motivated. But the reality is, if Utah is going up against an offense led by Ty Thompson versus one led by Bo Nix, that is a drastically different game plan. And I mean drastically. Ty Thompson has not gotten a start before at the college level. He doesn't run as much or as well as Bo Nix. He's not as elusive. He does have a little bit of a bigger arm, but he doesn't have the experience. Hasn't run the offense well in the instances where he has come onto the field. I I think that really is the biggest question. Is Bo Nix going to play? Because if Bo Nix is going to play, I like Oregon in this game. Even if he's only like 80% or so. Just the threat of having him there and the ability to use his legs within the offense is enough. And the way he executes, making throws from the pocket. And what he has done this season, not just as a runner, but primarily as a passer. I don't know if Ty Thompson can get to that level. No one actually knows because we really haven't seen very much of him. But the limited work that we have seen when games have been out of hand or uh, when when someone went down with, with an injury... Hasn't been much. I mean, Bonix gets hurt against Washington last week. Ty Thompson comes into the game, and it's four straight runs. They couldn't trust him to put up one pass. And Oregon had run the ball exceptionally well in that second half, ran for over 300 yards, but they didn't trust him to throw one single pass. They just wanted him to be in there to take the snap and hand the ball off. I think that's telling, but if Bonix doesn't go, 
then suddenly you have to trust him to make some throws from time to time. Is he going to be able to read a Utah defense the way he needs to to execute at a high level and score a bunch of points? That's a major, major question. Let's say Bo Nix plays, but really even if he doesn't. Oregon, can you get off the field on third down? Their third down defense this year, their pass defense as well, has been horrific. I mean, god-awful. It's been terrible, both of those stats. Can they fix those stats? Because if you are losing to Utah on third down, you're probably going to lose the game to Utah. Because the Utes are still, as I have said from the start, a very good football team. What's the biggest question for the Utes going into this matchup with the Ducks? I will tell you that. After I tell you about underdog fantasy, super easy to play formats, the easiest place to spice up the college football season. You can go to your favorite team in any game in this beautiful, wonderful, stacked lineup of of Pac-12 games this weekend. Pick your favorite players. See if they're going to go over or under. Cam Rising's passing yards total is at 244. Why is it that low? Mm, I'm not sure. Kind of feels like a trick, but you can look at anybody that you want. Sign up with the promo code Locked On one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, one word, to get in on the college football pick'em action today. Okay, so if you're watching on YouTube, I don't know if I forgot to put that up. So I apologize if that looked weird for the last uh, the last nine minutes. Just the graphic with with my name and everything. You should know who I am by now, uh, host of host of the show, which I've done for many months. But you know, I understand when those little tiny things are off. Um, honestly, don't remember if it was there. But anyway, moving on. The biggest question for Utah: Can you slow down the Ducks' rushing attack? And you don't need to stop it. If Bonix plays, you don't need to stop. The Ducks rushing attack, you just need to slow it down. Make them a little more Bo Nix reliant. And Bo Nix has been really, really good this year. Part of the reason he's been so darn good is he's had a high, elite-level rushing attack week in and week out. They have not averaged in any game this year less than four yards a carry. They've got one of the best figures in the country in that respect. Their offensive line has been stellar. Can the Utes force the Ducks to be a little bit more pass-happy than they want to. Because when Oregon's offense is at its best, they're running it in like a 5-7 to yards per carry average. They move the ball really well on the ground. They set up some deep shots, and they get guys open like Troy Franklin or Chris Hudson, Dante Thornton, their tight ends, of which they have four. That's where their offense is at their best. If you slow that rushing attack down a little, I think you put Oregon a little bit off of their, their rhythm compared to what they have been at a season when they're when they're really humming. But that question becomes even more prominent if you have Ty Thompson in there. Because the only way Oregon can win this game if Ty Thompson is in there because of his lack of experience, unless he just has the game of his life, which hey, you never know, a former high four or five star recruit, he just hasn't seen very many reps. Two different staffs have determined that he's not the starter. I think that's telling at this point in his career. But regardless, you know Oregon's going to try to help him out and give him a great running game. And if you can't slow that down, then maybe Ty Thompson doesn't have to do very much for the Ducks to move the ball up and down the field and score points. But if you can do that, slow it down, and not let it be the basis for their offense and what they want to do, then you can be in really, really good shape if you're the Utes. Great game 
in the desert this week in Tucson. Washington State at Arizona. This is a fantastic football game. I, it's, it's two teams that are led by opposing sides of the ball. Arizona by their offense, Washington State by their defense. But let's start with the Cougars and their biggest question this game. Can the offense that has been inconsistent this year, but the last couple of weeks has really popped against some lower-level defenses in the Pac-12 starting to find their rhythm, can they continue that trend against the Arizona Wildcats, who have a pretty porous defense? Some would say a very porous defense. They allowed just 28 points to UCLA on the road last week. Pretty darn impressive. But Washington State against Arizona State and against Stanford the week prior, offense came out. They looked really, really good. Slowed down a little bit in the second half against the, the Sun Devils last week after they were up 28 to nothing. But that performance against Stanford, are you going to be able to replicate that on the road as you did at the farm in Tucson? It's going to be tougher because there are going to be more Wildcat fans there and they're going to be louder and rowdier than what you had in Stanford Stadium. But I think that's the biggest question for the Cougs because, you know, the defense is going to be there. I mean, this is probably right there with Oregon State as the best defense in the Pac-12. Utah is probably a step below, but, I mean, the Cougs have been just really, really good. That's not as much a shot of the Utes as it is a, a testament to where Washington State's defense under Jake Dickert has been this season. I think they've done a great job on that side of the ball. When their offense is able to complement and play at the same level that their defense is, they're a really good football team. And they're staring down the barrel of an eight-win season. Arizona, meanwhile, also has a lot to play for. This is the beauty of college football. Neither of these teams can get into the conference championship. Neither of them can get to the college football playoff. But if you're a diehard Washington State or Arizona fan, you are nervous going into this game. Or if you're not, you should be. Because Arizona has got bowl eligibility on the line, just one year removed from a 1-11 season where they were focused on the process rather than results and they were competing and they were right there and they feel like they can take that next step. A lot of teams get to that spot and don't take that next step. This is not the final step for Arizona they're taking this year, but it's the next one. And getting to a bowl game? Are you kidding me? The promise of that is tremendous for Arizona. Year-to-year growth going from one win to potentially six after your upset of UCLA, I didn't think they'd be in this position, but they are. And they're playing for a lot. But so is Washington State. Because putting up an eight number in the win column in the regular season, especially given how that game against Oregon played out, you look up and go, should we be in the top 25 in these final college football playoff rankings? Maybe. Maybe. I watch them play. I think they'd beat a couple teams in, in the ACC. I think they'd be a lot of teams in the ACC, as a matter of fact. I've seen Tulane and UCF play. Yeah, they're decent. Washington State, at their best, is at least as good as those programs. So the Cougs here playing for quite a bit in the desert this week. And the biggest question for Arizona, the one for Washington State, can their offense continue to thrive against poor defenses? Can Arizona's offense succeed at the level that it has been against a stingy defensive unit. Stingy. A lot of players. Day and Henley, stud. They're edge players, awesome. Secondary, well-coached. They're well-schemed. They, they do a lot of things really, really well. They're fast, they're physical. Because if you're Arizona, you're going up against a unit like that, your offense, which is the reason that they have four wins right now, you have got to be able 
to put points up on the board. You're not going to win a slugfest here. The defense is not made for it. That game against UCLA, 34-28 final. That's the best case scenario defensively for Arizona in this game against a Washington State team that has got some nice weapons, has got a good quarterback, iffy offensive line play at times, but can that defense slow down the Washington State rushing attack? Because that's how you stop this Cougars offense. You stop them from building momentum on the ground, and then all of a sudden they're too Cam Ward reliant, and he's a good player, but he's not Caleb Williams to where he can just single-handedly move the ball down the field. He can do it in spurts, but it's not a sustainable formula. So for the Cougs, if they start running the ball, then Arizona's in trouble. But if you're the Wildcats, if you can slow down Nikia Watson and that ground game, you could put yourself in a position to win game number five. Also, great storyline in this game. Who's Arizona's quarterback? Jaden Delora. And what program, for better or worse, decided that eh, he wasn't their guy anymore after he was the Pac-12 freshman of the year? Washington State. Mm, boy, that is what we call spice. Sugar and spice and everything nice in this game. I am so here for it. I think Delora is going to come out fired up. He's going against a team and a staff that said, yeah, we want to go with this guy instead. Somebody did that to me. I'd come out playing him on game day, and I said, yeah, you didn't want me? I'll show you what I got. And they're playing well right now. I love, love what this game brings to the table. I do think Washington State is going to win. They're four-point favorites right now. We'll see if that gets into the Pac-12 prime picks later. But I expect that to be a heck of a football game. We've had so many double-digit lines the last several weeks. Ah, It's lovely, lovely to see some single-digit lines. Vegas expecting a lot of close games. I'm sure we'll have a blowout or two, but I think there could be a lot of great games. Could be an epic, epic weekend in the Pac-12. Speaking of epic, the 125th playing of the big game, the 40th anniversary of The Play in a year in which Joe Starkey, legendary radio play-by-play voice of the California Golden Bears, is retiring. How about Stanford at Cal? Low stakes? Yep, neither team is going bowling. But this fan base definitely wants to beat that one And that one wants to beat this one. No other way to look at it. And this is college football in a nutshell. I want to beat them and have bragging rights for one calendar year. That's the way this works. And that's how it feels. What are the biggest questions for the Cal Golden Bears, now without their offensive play caller, who's been there for the last couple of years in Bill Musgrave, and what's the biggest question for Stanford going into the big game? tell you that after I remind you this episode brought to you by Nugenics. Nugenics Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testophen. It's been validated in five clinical studies. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five. I sound like LeBron when he got to the Heatles. Yeah, that ended up being two titles. Tough, tough luck there. But uh, Nugenics Total Tea boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs. You'll feel stronger, leaner, with more energy and drive and more passion too. Your partner will notice the difference. Nugenics Total Tea is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. You can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text COLLEGE to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text COLLEGE to 231231. That's COLLEGE to 231231 to get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea today. All right, final questions before we get into the uh, the prime picks. Stanford, is your offense going to score over 20 points? 
Go look at just the game point totals for the Cardinal. Under 20, under 20, under 20, under 20, under 20. Not since Oregon State have they been over the 20-point threshold. Yeah, this is one of the reasons I love the Bears here. That Cal Bears golden defense, it's not the best Wilcox has had, but it's still pretty darn good. And the Cardinal just haven't been doing enough offensively to make me think they're they're going to get this done. But that's the question. Can you do enough? Because you can, if your defense shows up to play, hold Cal to under 25 points. You can do that. But Cal might not need to score more than 21 in order to win the game. I think it's a low-scoring slugfest. But I think Cal is going to just have more, more firepower here. Even though, and their biggest question going into this game, what is the offense like with a new play caller? Is it better? Is it worse? Is it discombobulated? Do they get off to a slow start as he finds his footing? That's a great question, and I think the most crucial one for Justin Wilcox's team going into the big game. Oregon State at Arizona State. Can the Beavs play with the necessary amount of fire? Talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. That game against the Cardinal, Oregon State just kind of looked flat. There was no big road environment, and I don't know what it will be like in Tempe. Probably a little bit more than what they had on the farm, but can they avoid that sluggish start, or is it going to be another you know, slow offensive showing and the defense is doing its job, but the offense is just kind of there? And you know, Does it just like feel kind of flat? Does it just feel kind of plain? I think that's the biggest question for the Bees. And for Arizona State, if you're going to pull the upset here, you have to be able to throw the football. You've got to be able to throw the football. Whoever is playing at quarterback, whether it's Emory Jones or Trenton Borgay, you have to be able to throw the ball on this Oregon State secondary, and that's a really, really tough thing to do. That's a tough thing to do. But this game being in ho- at home for ASU and it being a single-digit line, I think is telling. Uh, real quick on Colorado and Washington. Question for the bus. Can they compete for a quarter or two? I don't know. We'll see. Washington is feeling themselves right now after their win against Oregon last week. They come back home. Crowd will be fired up. Biggest question for the Huskies, really the only one. Are they going to score 50 or are they not going to score 50? That's what everyone's really wondering here. But final picks for uh, for the week, just overall on, on Moneyline or who's going to be winning, however you want to look at it. I think UCLA gets it done. If Bo Nix plays, even if he's not fully healthy, I think Oregon wins. But if Bo Nix does not play, give me Utah. Washington State of Arizona, I love what the Wildcats are doing. I'm super happy for them after pulling that big upset. But I think Washington State is playing some good, confident football right now. And I think the, the defense is just not quite there. And, and I think the Cougs are going to be able to run the football. And that's what they always need to, to be able to, uh, to put up points the way that they're capable of. I will take Washington State there, even on the road. Stanford at Cal. I don't know what sort of environment you'll have. Maybe the students will show up or fans will show up more than usual for the big game. I imagine there will still be you know around thirty five to 40,000. But I just trust Cal's weapons more. I really do. I think the Bears win that. I think Oregon State wins, but I don't think it's easy. I do not think it is easy. And I thought about putting this to Pac-12 prime picks, but I I decided against it because I do think Oregon State's the better overall team. I would lean towards ASU in the points. It's around 7.5 or 8, according to our friends at, at Bet Online. Uh, and then Colorado at Washington, of course, I'm going with the Huskies. That would be a monumental upset in college football. Let's get to the Pac-12 prime picks. 
Sponsored, of course, by Bet Online. Our friends at Bet Online have all the lines you could ever need. And here's what they're saying right now Cal minus four and a half. Yeah, I don't trust Stanford's offense. And I don't love Cal's offense, but I like their offensive weapons more. And the Bears' issue this season offensively has been primarily their offensive line hasn't been very good. It has not been. And Stanford is not very good in the trenches. They're not great at getting pressure. You can run on them too. You can do anything on the Stanford defense. If Cal is smart, Jay Knott has more than 20 touches in this game because if he does, he'll have over 150 scrimmage yards. Stanford's run defense is non-existent. Their pass defense isn't great either. There's nothing that they do particularly well. I think the Cardinal will struggle to move the ball on this Cal Bears team. Four and a half points. I will swallow that in a heartbeat. I'd swallow anything under a touchdown here. I, I think Cal wins probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like 28 to, to 13, 20, about 27, 13. I, I think the Bears will, will cover that four and a half point spread. I think UCLA wins outright. I, I do. So I'll take him with the two and a half points here for, for this week's edition of the Pac-12 Prime Picks. They've been good at home until last week, but they beat Washington at home. And, and they've played some good football games there. Washington's probably their, their best win. But I think that the environment's going to have them getting up and, and, and ready for it. And you'll have some USC fans there. It should be a really, really cool scene at, at the Rose Bowl. And it'll be great to have national spotlight on the Pac-12 in a big way, too. But I think that UCLA is going to be able to run the football almost at will. They're one of the best in the country, yards per carry. And they've got a lot of guys who can do it. They hand it to Kaz Allen from time to time. They've got Keegan Jones to supplement Zach Charbonnet, of course, DTR with his legs. He's been a great passer. He's got a lot of weapons. You know, Cam Brown and Jake Bobo, of course. I I just think the, the offensive weapons will be too much. I don't think that UCLA is going to win handily or comfortably because the Trojans can move the ball too. But I just think this is one of those instances where if I've got two great offenses who I know can score points, and it may be a matter of who's got the ball last in that sort of situation, I just think I trust UCLA's defense more than USC's by, by just, just a little because the Trojans have given up a lot of points lately. I think UCLA will score a ton in this game, and I think the Bruins will come up with, with one or two more stops than, than what USC's defense is capable of. I think no Travis Dye hurts them a little, but Lincoln Riley will be fine. Uh, but Bruins, two and a half, and I'd take them on, on the money line there. Now, I went back and forth what to do for this third one. I do like Washington State. I'll take a minus four on the road. I thought about Utah, but you know, Bonix being in or out, I thought about Arizona State plus eight. But overall, I came down on Washington State because the, the games they've won this year have been against defenses that are not very good. That's when their offenses, their offense has had success. Arizona State's defense, not that good. They put up 28 points, game was over, and then they kind of let up, let them back into it. You look at the Stanford game, they blew them out. They forced some turnovers, and then they were able to move the ball and score touchdowns. I like what Arizona's doing a a lot. I just think this is not a great matchup because Arizona has the one thing that the Cougars have needed this year to find success at the end of games, and that's a defense that is not particularly capable of slowing other teams down. So Washington State minus four. Again, all odds provided by our friends at Bet Online. UCLA plus two and a half, 
and and Cal minus four and a half this week's Pac-12 prime picks, trying to get myself at least over 500 for the year. It's been a struggle, but I, I do like them this week. I think that's, that's got to be at least two and one, hopefully, first three and up. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. Enjoy the football, everybody, and have a wonderful rest of your day.